This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John and this week we are talking Hello. about The Creator. Yes, the long-awaited film. Those who've been listening, we've been very excited about this for a long time since, you know, they showed us the trailers. The crazy thing is that you don't hear about it, you don't see the trailer around the social media. Like, once you watch the trailer, you feel like, wow, this has really brought my attention. So excited to talk about it. It is a really, really interesting film to go through. Yeah, it's not something that a lot of people were exploding about online it's not one of those blockbusters that everybody was talking about it's kind of a bit more low-key to the point where they weren't even showing it on the super screen at our local cinema they were showing saw and expendables instead and i guess you know those are like bigger franchises but you know we saw this on a fairly small screen and that's surprising given that now that june is delayed this is basically the sci-fi movie of the year like there's not really going to be much else that's going to contend yeah. with it yeah and that's that's really surprising because Dune was such an incredible film directed by Denis Villeneuve and he really brought that sci-fi aesthetic from the book into the film and he was really passionate about it and the strange things you know like it just got delayed because of the riot strikes and now the riot strikes are ended so I'm guessing we have to wait a few months, a little bit more, yeah. to a few months in that. But I mean, yeah, that you know, that one was yeah. probably delayed because of the actor strike more than the writer strike. Actor strike, yeah, 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 because yeah. they need those actors to be promoting the movie. So I think, hopefully, it is a you know very it, stacked it, cast when you're going to promote. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I remember a load of people saw that saw the first Dune because they thought that Zendaya was going to be a big part of it because she was quite prominent in the marketing, and then she's in the movie <laughs> for like three minutes in total oh my god i remember the outburst you know once you see june and then i remember saying like june was like the longest shortest film ever because i wanted more Mm. and then when zendaya came in at like the final moments in the film i was like it's gonna be the start of something oh my god are we going to get somewhere in this film and then it just ends and i'm just sitting there just like oh (laughs) <laughs> great yeah yeah that was it was such an odd ending but we're not here yes, to talk about june we're talking about the creator and i think it's it's actually a good jumping off point yeah. talking about long movies but before that full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it full spoilers. briefly explain yeah. the plot of the creator for those who haven't seen it as a future war between human race and artificial intelligence wages on an x-force agent joshua is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator the elusive architect of the advanced AI, the creator has developed a mysterious weapon that has the power to end the war and all of mankind. As Joshua and his team of elite operatives venture into enemy-occupied territory, they soon discover the world-ending weapon is actually an AI in the form of a young child. Fantastic. So, yeah, I kind of want to talk about, to start off about this movie... It's Gareth Edwards. It's his first movie since Rogue One. And we covered Rogue One last year, actually. A pretty cool movie, but oh, yeah. it definitely has... Great one. Our idea about it was kind of, you know, it, it's really good and, like, it's very well made and shot, but it definitely falls in the character department. What did you yeah. think about the creator? Did you think that had the same problem? That's the opposite for me, because Rogue One, it kind of suffered with character exploration in that film, and you could see the potential in Rogue One. 
And here, I wanted the story to be really spread out. You know, like, it's so dense. Like, you could really see a lot of different storylines in that film. And if it was pushed to three hours, you could really be in-depth in this world-building that is the creator. Like, what are the AI's world? You know, what is their religion? You know, you do get to see that, do they believe in life after death in this AI world? I would have that entire backstory at the beginning and then really explore that world of LA, you know, what happened to LA. I mean, we get to see this nuke that goes off that was caused by the AI and to see that world, you know, like what changed, you know, like what tech has been evolved in or, you know, advanced to that sort of thing that you really want to get into and some other parts in the film as well you want to explore as well. So yeah, it's it's something that it could take away from Avatar because Avatar really took its time to explore that world of Pandora. So that is something that the film could take into and you feel like, yes, this is where I'm in the story. You know, this is where you are. So that kind of got my attention, but then I just realized it's not long enough. It's only two hours. Yeah, I think Avatar is a good comparison to make because they do feel very similar. There's a lot about the Americans or the humans and their treatment of this other, whether it be the AI or Mm. whether it be the Navi. And there's a lot of similarities in the way that the US will attack places full of innocence for their Mm. own goals about this enemy that doesn't really exist. And Avatar, both Avatar movies are long movies and they really don't waste any time. They spend all of it very carefully. They deliberately show you things that make you understand the Pandora side, but then the human side, they make you really hate it. And I think the crater is halfway there because I I feel like I do understand all the stuff in New Asia and they explore the AI and their culture, as you're saying, what they believe. They want freedom and do they believe in something after death and do they have their own sense of purpose? They do explore that, but you're absolutely right. The human side, it feels underdeveloped. In the span of, I would say, maybe five, ten minutes we go from Joshua being undercover and getting exposed to five years later where he is working, clearing the debris from the bomb in Los Angeles. And then he goes back out to New Asia again on request of the military. And that all kind of unfolds very fast. We don't really get time to sit and see what is the ideology? Like there's not much depth to the human's We're told through exposition, the AI did this and the humans are angry because they deem it as dangerous. Like, okay, that's interesting. And we get this interesting thread about Joshua's parents. They died in the explosion. He's lost people and that's why he doesn't trust them. But I think that isn't really explored. We get so much of the idea of AI being good and AI being innocent and AI being worthy of being free. They kind of forget to develop the human side a little bit. And I think that kind of makes the whole thing... Especially the the first half, it, it, it makes it difficult, at least for me, to truly engage with the emotions presented, especially when the other half of it with Joshua and his wife, that's all very standard stuff. Yeah, I agree with that because they try to really show you the relationship, you know, Joshua and Maya. And they just tear it down in like the span of five minutes, which is really difficult to do. Like you're trying to build this in and then you're trying to break this relationship apart. And then it comes a bit too fast paced. Like you're just like, oh, I really want to explore. But then we're back in New Asia. So yeah, that was the problem with that. I was just like, 
Can we just please make it three hours? I mean, Scorsese, he's got his new film coming out, and that is three hours and 40 minutes. You know, a film's uh, it's going to be really long, and they actually get to explore something. That is a really key part in cinema. You want to get the audience to be involved or to be connected to something that is lost in three hours. I mean, like Lord of the Rings, you know, like that is so, so much depth, so much chemistry, so much emotion into that. And you really want to build that up in the hours that is lost or the hours that you go into. So, yeah, that was the only problem that I had. It's incredibly difficult to make a movie that crafts this expansive world while also following characters and building up their own emotions and doing that in under two hours. It's not impossible. I think about the original Star Wars. It's just on the cusp of over two hours long, and that does it pretty perfectly. But you think about Lord of the Rings, you think about Avatar, you think about any movie that needs to build this world, whether it be a dystopian or whether it be something completely different removed from Earth, you need time to establish the world and the law, but you can't sacrifice character. And I think that the problem that this movie has is that especially in the first half, it doesn't know whether to focus on character or world building. And it would benefit from another half an hour, another 45 minutes to flesh out all of those things. Yeah. What you say about Joshua and Maya is very, very correct because you don't really get to see their relationship before it falls apart. And then throughout the movie, we get to see their relationship in flashbacks so by the end you believe in that relationship but that means that you start the movie off on a very different footing you're unsure about the relationship and then it falls apart and then you get to explore those relationship in the flashbacks that the film utilizes which is a really interesting thing though they just show you the flashbacks but then you really understand that relationship you know what maya went through and their discussion between you know with their families and stuff and the world that they're living in and again i wish there was more flashbacks like it could really add more emotion and again world building but let's talk about what really got me into the film it was the world building but it was also the aesthetics of the world Let's take it back to Alien. So Alien, when you watch the film, it's got this old futuristic setting, you know, like it is in the future, but it's got this old computers and stuff. That's exactly like in the creator, you know, that you get to see. It was like at the beginning, you were like playing on old film. It was really interesting where they added a bit of the past into the future as well. Like they, It felt like Fallout. It yeah, reminded Fallout. me of Fallout, we were exactly the game. talking about Fallout before the film started. And the interesting thing is that the film really utilizes that in some scenes as well. There was one scene that I absolutely loved. It was kind of also giving us this reinforce, you know, this exposition. It was playing Claire de Lune and it was talking about the war between AI and human and... It was shown as news and shown as like different things about what AI has done. It's kind of interesting where the film goes as well with AI, what the scariest thing it can do as well. One thing that I saw was this thing called, it's like donation something, but like you can get your face scanned and then you can put that on an AI's body. And that is scary. Like that is so relevant what happened today, you know, with actors getting scanned and they're not in the films. Yeah, that is really scary. And what I think, I mean, the film looks great. It's it's a very well shot movie. I didn't expect any less from Gareth Edwards, especially, you know, when you consider Godzilla and Rogue One, like he really has a great sense of scale and the 
small ways that he builds the world in that second half are really effective. But the whole idea of the movie tackling AI was something that was really fascinating to me because I'm somebody who I am a bit afraid of AI and what it could yeah. mean and you know all the implications it could have for art and some of the ways people are using it. I just don't agree with that stuff. But then what this movie kind of, the ideas that it, it gives you it takes some of those scary things, but it tackles it from a sympathetic perspective where it asks you, what does it truly mean to be alive? Aren't these beings also alive? Don't they also deserve their own life? And can't they also feel emotions and feel love? And that's so well defined through Alfie in the movie, mm. who is yeah. the child that Joshua kind of becomes this father figure for. Yeah. And I mean, this kid, this is Madeline Univoyles. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She was just incredible. Like, this kid is so, so talented. And the final moments of the movie, and indeed throughout the movie, she sells it so well. You know, this kind of feeling of understanding that she's being hunted and she's hated by so many. But also at the end of the day, just wants to live and just wants to be a kid. The final shot of the movie is Alfie looking around and through her tears, laughing and that's so human that is the most human emotion i can think of it's such a devastating moment when you're filled with such sadness but there's just a little bit of light that you can't help even though you're feeling crushed and you're crying you just can't help but laugh and smile and i think those two things you know it reminds you of inside out this this idea of sadness and Mm. happiness being able to work together emotions Mm. not being binary I love that idea and it makes me think a little bit differently about AI and, you know, this idea that robots could become a part of society. We don't have to treat them as the thing that's going to drop a bomb on us and kill us all. They are also in their own way, their own beings. And I thought that was a very, very unique take on it. We've we've got Terminator and we've got all these stories about robots that become the death of humanity. But no, robots have their own life and that in itself is also beautiful. Yeah, and you you really get to see that, you know, in the AIs, different cultures. Like one of them at the end, you know, when Joshua tries to find Maya, but he's in this it's kind of like a sanctuary and it was quite religious in a way of like Buddhism, I think. And it was interesting where that was leading to in that world. And I was thinking about like the film that has AI and what tried to tackle with, you know, like with iRobot or, you know, what you said about Terminator or like 2001 The Space Odyssey with AI as well. You know, it kind of brings out the ideas of the horror of AI, but also the humanity within AI, you know, is the humanity there if we build AI. That's an interesting thing. Does it learn from our emotions and does their emotions reflect on us or that? And it's interesting because I played a game called Near Automata and it was talking about this war between androids and robots. And the one thing that we're obsessed with was humanity. So it's kind of like humans can't live without AI and then AI can't live without humans. You get to see that in the exposition at the beginning, you know, like AI taking jobs, but also what they're going to do if AI just completely gone or wiped away from the face of the earth and what they're going to do. So it's like this question, you know, with AI. So it's kind of scary when you think about that. And one of the great things about this film, I thought, was Joshua's character development and his arc. How does he learn about AI? And he realizes that Alfie is this copy of his son. 
like when Maya was pregnant in the backstory. And when I was watching the trailers, you know, like what are they gonna do with this twist on this? And at the beginning, I realized, oh, she's pregnant, and it kind of gave me like this bit of foreshadowing, like. I wonder what they're going to do with that. And I thought that was kind of played really well. And it kind of extends to his character arc. You know, like, what would you do if there was a copy of of your child? And it's kind of scary as well. You just realize this is an AI, but you're not too sure. You have this emotional connection. And it hits you at the end. His arc was completely to an end. You know, he sacrifices himself to blow up the Nomad spaceship. And he comes to terms with Maya and they reunite. And it's a very short scene, but I thought that was really impactful, you know, with Hans Zimmer's score. It was called True Love. And that music swelled in and, you know, they embraced together. And I thought that was just so impactful. It's kind of poetic as well. He's kind of the creator, really. You know, he's created to destroy this nomad in order to create freedom for the AI or all of that. He comes to terms, you know, with AI in that end. It shows really well. And I thought that was just really magical. At the end, he comes to terms with that with Maya. So, yeah. I teared up. I was just like, wow. Yeah, there's a really great bit where he sees her at the sanctuary and he can't speak to her, but he says, I was wrong about them not being able to feel, about them not being real. Because what the movie the whole time tells you is that they are real and that the emotions are real. And I think it's so beautiful. I mean, we've got this amazing Hans Zimmer score. He always delivers and the score is really great. But you mentioned Claire de Lune earlier and that playing at the end is just so, so impactful. Because again, it's this beautiful piece of art about emotion and Mm. about all of these different feelings at once and that playing as the AI feel this joy of freedom and as the nomad is destroyed and as the world almost gets a second chance to restart and Joshua manages to find his love and he admits his love for Alfie and Alfie admits her love for him. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And he says to her, I'll see you in heaven. And this is this is great conversation where they talk about heaven. And mm. Alfie says, I can't go to heaven because I'm not real. And then it comes back later when Joshua has to deactivate Alfie. And she says, am I going to go to heaven? There are these questions of, you know, what is real? And is AI, can it ever be real? And I think that the movie kind of argues that it does. And, and something that I thought it reminded me of was Blade Runner. This idea of the replicant. In this movie, we have the simulants. And in Blade Runner, it's kind of like, what is real? Are these replicants real? Can they ever be? Can they ever feel? And, I'm, you know, this movie takes a lot of inspiration from that, I think. And at the beginning, when Maya is pregnant, obviously, she eventually loses the child. But Alfie is kind of modeled off that child. And there's this really interesting exploration of, can this AI child be that same child that Joshua lost? Mm, and. Yeah. It's not something that's ever said, but it's something that we understand. It's something that is in the subliminal text. And I love that. I love that idea of all of that. And, you know, this movie's no Blade Runner. It's no Blade Runner. It's no Blade Runner Runner. 49. But it still asks those really compelling questions. And I just wish, I just wish that it had more time to do that. You know, like, we got John David Washington, who is such a fantastic actor. And he brings so much great emotion and so much great charisma to the role you know there's some really great comedic moments and his chemistry with madeline univols is also fantastic and then with Gemma chan as well who i wish was in the movie more and you know you've got alison jenny and ken watanabe and amachada patel just fantastic actors all around and i think that we just give me an extended cut give me something because i think this movie could be 
it's so close to being great. And this is a good, this is a really good movie. It's just so, so very close to being great. It just needs yeah. more time to cook with all time. of these fantastic ideas. Yeah, there's some amazing concepts into the film. You're thinking, ah, I know where the story goes, but then you feel like, huh, I really don't know where the story's going. And that's really most interesting thing about, you know, the film that is completely unexpected. And, you know, you go into it and it just makes you questions about AI. And it's quite existential as well, you know, like how we humans live with this existential question and how do AI get to live with this question as well? You know, what happens with life after death and how they are created? So... Yeah, and one of the things I really love is the structure of the film. The film shows you these tile screens, the creator, and you're thinking, oh, that's the tile card. But then it hits you with the child, and then it hits you with the friend, and it hits you with the mother. And it's like really, really interesting. They added in with the tile cards, you know, like it's focusing on Joshua's story and it focuses on other different stories as well. And it works really well with the flashbacks and with the emotions. So it's all there, but... We just need more time. It is just a really amazing film that you just want to get lost into into three hours. I've been playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077 and I was like having a lot of <laughs> reminders and your know, reflections about that game because Cyberpunk 2077, it felt exactly, you know, you were just completely immersed into this world. And if you've got more time in that, in the creator, it, it can be an amazing film to show. Yeah, that is the creator. Yeah, one final point before we give our scores about those title cards as well. It's interesting because all of them pose further questions of can AI be a child? Can AI be a friend? Can AI be a mother? You know, in, in the same way that humans can. And I think that that's, again, all very interesting. And it's such a fascinating world that has been built here. And I feel like this is something that kind of has become a part of every conversation about every film we talk about. I don't think I want a sequel. I think that the story ends perfectly. Yeah. And I don't think that there is any, aside from, yes, I would like to see more from this particular story. I think it does what it needs to do. And it ends on such a beautiful note that I don't think there should be any call for a sequel. But, but you know, who knows? I think at the end of the day, it does kind of work really nicely. What are you going to give the creator out of 10? I'm going to say eight because it is a great film to go through. Again, if it was a longer film to show more than that, I would just give it a nine. So, yeah. Please do see The Creator. It's a really interesting film. So go see it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I feel similarly. I'm going to go seven. I think that I agree with you. If it was longer, it would get, it would get into that eight, nine territory for me. But uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you liked it, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And next week, we are doing Ahsoka, which is going to be very, very good. I'm really excited to get into some more Star Wars content. Like that is... Nice. Oh, yes. that's so much to talk about there. Yes. Um, and you can send us an email at alsteinfilmpod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Ahsoka and ask us any questions and we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. And you can follow us on Instagram at alsteinfilmpod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zayn Afsal on Twitter for more thoughts from me and TikTok to see edited clips, which are also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. One of our YouTube Shorts just hit 100 k views thank you so much that is incredible yeah. that's never thought we'd hit that with anything to be honest when you showed me that in the cinema before the creator i was like what are you gonna show me uh, i don't know what you show me. and then you showed me the 100,000. i was like oh you, you, you were you were stunned but yeah you find links to all that stuff in the description below thanks to Algez Mayer for the excellent theme and roland phillips for vocals as always and i think that is everything that is everything thank you for listening 
Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.